0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uptena, and today we'll be delving into emotions and how they are the voice of your soul. So here's a phrase I wince at. The soul knows only love. There are variations on this, and you can see a number of them if you check Google Images, but this is the simplest. On the one hand, I really like it because it points to a truth we often forget. This life we're living is finite and temporary. There's more to life, and we're going back to it at the end of our tour. Or, in other words, don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. This can be really helpful when life gets difficult or downright unbearable. It helps us keep our balance or get some semblance of balance when everything is dissolving around us and helps us to breathe when we think we might have only one breath left. And I'm good with that. But beyond the inspirational aspects of the phrase, I wince because of all the things it does. For example... It makes the soul into an object. This sentence is referring to the soul as if it is the knee or the finger or the eye. However, the soul isn't a body part or a discrete separate entity. Each and every one of you listening to this is a soul. And your soul is all of you. Your soul is the you who is drinking coffee and the one having sex and the one doing paperwork, and the one gardening, and the one saving children from burning buildings, and the one in rush hour traffic. That's why we come here. Because we as souls want to be embodied and have an embodied existence, whether this is for the purpose of learning and growing, or to utilize the skills and wisdom we've already acquired in order to provide service to others. So in this phrase, I would suggest changing the THE to an A, because now we're hinting at a whole something and not a part. Saying A something is a bit less distancing, less mechanical and object-oriented. But we can go even further. Change the THE to YOUR, and we're even closer, although it's a possessive and we don't possess ourselves. As a reminder, I like the phrase, the soul knows only love, as an inspiration. I don't want this to get lost in the word shuffle. Okay, so then change the to you, comma, a soul, and you have something which is reflecting the facts of the situation. But then the statement becomes even more clearly off base because it goes like this, you A soul knows only love, to which I can hear the startled laughter and the denials burst out. Because this is so untrue, it's ludicrous. The use of the word know makes it even a bit ridiculous. It begs the question, what type of knowing is referred to here? Intellectual? Spiritual? Biblical? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Or something else? The thing is, you know plenty more about anything and everything than just love. Again, part of why you're here in the first place is to learn about other emotions and states of being. So do we change no or love? I would recommend replacing both with Have your primary residence in and maintain your connection with the universal matrix, which is love. I know. Say that five times fast. However, this change strips away the oversimplification and points to the reality. Knowing is a complicated term which overemphasizes mental aspects of things and downplays the lived experience. And love is a very simple word with so many uses it practically has to be defined each time we use it because guessing its meaning in context is almost always wrong. I mean, people say, I love TV shows or I love ice cream or even I love the adrenaline rush. But this is not exactly what is being meant with the phrase. In fact, if we use this definition... The sentence, the soul knows only love, becomes much less inspirational if that's the love a soul knows. Also, knowing is a passive activity, which is vulnerable to the so what attack. You know, someone says they know the soul knows only love, and the person across from them says, so what? Your soul may know only love, but you still owe me for the past two weeks of bar hopping. Knowing and doing are famously disconnected, which is why we wonder if the left hand knows what the right hand is doing, and we ask if someone would have acted differently knowing what they know now, and we use the defensive statement, I know, I know, when we're told to change our actions. I mean, this is where the whole I know and they know that I know and I know that they know that I know thing comes from. All of which is irony, because it implies our actions are being influenced by what we know, while at the same time we're acting against the knowing. Humans are so deliciously contrary. Therefore, we come to a new statement. You, a soul, have your primary residence in and maintain your connection with the universal matrix which is love. Not as catchy. I'm pretty sure this won't go viral on the internet, but that's not the point. I wouldn't want to compete with kitten and baby videos anyway. And just one more reminder. I like The Soul Knows Only Love as an inspiration. Those who are fans of it can put down their torches and pitchforks. I'm not knocking it. Much. So why do I care? because words have meaning, and oversimplification can cause us to misunderstand the true nature of things. I care because changing the wording takes away the false dichotomy between our nature as souls and our lived experience. I care because it takes away the false dichotomy between emotions other than love and the soul. I care because it allows us to come back to a rich, full, and healthy relationship between our eternal nature and our imminent embodied experience. We, souls, are not something floating like a ghost inside a meat shell. When we stub our toe, our soul doesn't peek over our shoulder and ask, does it hurt? That would be either funny or creepy. Anyway, we are souls and we are experiencing embodied life. One way in which we do so is through emotions. In Western culture, we've created a bit of wisdom bigotry. Due to the scientific revolution and industrialization, we've come to prefer wisdom which is brain-oriented. It can be quantified and reduced to mathematical equations, can be expressed in logical terms and make things happen in linear progression. All other forms of wisdom are considered less than they have fewer rights, are seen as less productive or even destructive, and are very carefully controlled when they are acknowledged at all. I'm referring here to what we consider emotional body and spiritual wisdom. We're told these in no way fit with 9-to-5 jobs, with quote-unquote regular life, or with anything commonsensical or productive. This is factored into hiring women because their bodies having children can create a whole host of events and issues which are disruptive to projects, timelines, and general productivity. This shows up in other areas, such as there being no room for emotions in the courtroom unless they serve the case. And religious spiritual matters have created havoc for centuries when used by the brain in order to make things happen. Currently... The issues are intolerance, power struggles, and terrorism, but it's really just another verse same as the first. However, one of the biggest problems for people living in the real world with a quote-unquote regular life is they treat their emotions like wild animals, which need to be rigorously controlled. I don't know how many times I hear, I shouldn't feel that way, or I'm trying to be positive about the whole thing, But how I really feel is fill-in-the-blank, and this makes me a bad person. We've been taught our legitimate feelings are bad or they are something to fear. I know so many people who live under rigid control, terrified of their true feelings coming out because the feelings are so intense, so powerful, that once out they are certain to destroy everything. The truth is, emotions are our eternal wisdom translated into embodied life. They're like concentrated truth which only unfolds when we actually feel them. They're like time-release capsules of wisdom. If we allow ourselves to feel, we not only come to know ourselves in new and amazing ways, the wisdom of our infinite and eternal aspects become part of our conscious existence which is one of the reasons some people avoid them at all costs. The fear is our feelings are like raging dragons who will destroy everything with their fiery breath or a blast of ice. But instead, they're the wisest of elders. They are the embodiment of the fact once something is known, it cannot be unknown. Once it has been seen, it cannot be unseen once we have felt our soul truth we can never go back the deep wisdom in this is that once we know we won't want to go back if we wanted to stay the same we could have stayed at home in a place where the only constant is change avoiding change seems to be a waste of energy and time so you a soul Have your primary residence in and maintain your connection with the universal matrix, which is love. That's the baseline you're working with and which can never be taken away from you. It's where you started when you came into this life kicking and screaming. Part of the reason for this life is for you to experience more. Your emotions are the paint by which you create the amazing art which is your life. Don't limit yourself to only one color. Be inspired, and then move past your inspiration. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be talking about Kabbalah, both what it is and how it's connected to the Akashics. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate it five stars on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.